Well, hello and welcome, folks, to the Generally Misunderstood podcast. My name is Luke Schaff, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of Morning Cup Productions. I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited to be venturing into the podcasting world. It's a world that I've enjoyed for a while and one that I've wanted to get into. And so we're doing it. We're setting up a podcast. We're going to have conversations with people uh, and try and better understand people, whether that be people, businesses, organizations, issues, ideas. The So much of the motivation I have with Morning Cup Productions and the work we do there, but then as well this podcast and what the outworking kind of motivation and ethos of this is, is trying to better understand each other. Um, so often the space in between us and the other is rife with misunderstandings. And... I feel a great passion to bridge the gap in some sense of trying to help different sides understand each other, whether that's business and customer, whether that's nonprofit and potential donor, whether that's two people with different political ideals. Uh, It can be revolving around issues or ideas. It's a great passion of mine to help us understand each other and for it's a great practice for me that I found these last few years to work to better understand the individual that seems like on the the other side of where I am it's been a very fruitful practice and it's a practice that I'm I'm passionate about uh, and so I'm excited for this and I'm excited about to share this first podcast episode with you I was nervous there's a point in the first 10 minutes or so where I go on a tirade of just saying like, 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 like the whole time, which is my filler word. Uh, and while I'm embarrassed about that, it's not enough to not have me put out this podcast. So I want to thank Matt Garrity, my friend, for coming on the podcast and being my first guest. Uh, Matt's been a great influential person in my life over this last year as I've been starting Morning Cup Productions over this last year. So he's been a bulwark resource, bulwark, bulwark. (laughs) I've never used that word except for the hymn, a bulwark. Uh, I think that means like a steady, a steady, a steady and dependable object. I have no idea. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look that up after this, but he's been a steady individual in my life over this last year. As I've been, as I've been starting this business and growing it, uh, he's always been there with a word of advice, with support and he's hired me, (laughs) which has been huge in in some months. And so I'm really grateful for the presence that he's been uh, in my life and for the generous guy that he is. Matt just won the Business Leader of the Year Award with the Lindsay District Chamber of Commerce, which I think is well-deserved with his three-pronged efforts with Matty G Digital, a digital marketing agency, his other digital marketing agency, Starting Point Digital Marketing, for those who are just getting into the digital marketing world, and then as well with Thrive Coworking Community, which is this new co-working community that's in downtown Lindsay, Ontario. I appreciate Matt as well as having grown up in Lindsay and myself and so many others that grow up in Lindsay are so cynical towards it. He is so positive towards it. And it's a little bit of a breath of fresh air in some sense where for me, cynicism is easy. 
negativity is easy, especially with when it comes to being in my hometown. And he's a good challenge for that. He's a good challenge and provokes me to better understand the the great qualities that exist within the Kawartha Lakes. And so I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for him setting up his businesses and raising his family in, in Lindsay. And I'm grateful for him doing this podcast episode with me. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Matt Garrity. Ready for this? Yeah. Sure? No. <laughs> Can't be that bad. Or it could. It could be. This could really damage the brand. Um, I've done a lot of things that could damage the brand. I don't think this would be in the top 10. <laughs> it, uh... Are you going to wear that hat for all the podcasts? Not all. That can be your thing. I'm becoming a bit more of a hat person. Just because um, you're losing your hair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, I'm, as I'm slowly balding, I'm slowly becoming a hat person. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> cool. Well, I think we're good. I'm just keeping a. This is a, the first time I've ever done this. So, you're my first ever podcast episode. Oh, so thank you. Thank you for being so foolish as to uh, venture into the unknown. I feel I was, honored. I was I, I was I was thinking as I was like, who do I reach out to first? With no example, of my previous work, like who is stupid enough to take a chance on this guy? On me? And so I was like, <laughs> Matt Garrity of Maddie G Digital and Thrive Coworking Community and Starting Point Digital Marketing. Yep, would be that guy. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your for your foolishness because your foolishness has gotten has had some success for you. Foolishness and stupidity has got me a far way. I think. Maybe sometimes I play a bit of a character of the stupidity and the nonsense and the jump in. I think it's intentional. Maybe. Maybe. Is it, it's intentional on your part to play stupid? Sometimes. I, th- I, I, I think it is. I've been around you a fair bit and like nobody takes you seriously when you're, when you're like playing the stupid character or whatever, but, but, yeah. but you're, 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 you're a politician trying to appeal to the, to the, uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're just trying to get people to like you. It's true. I yeah. one time heard a comedian talking about how anytime he's about to make fun of someone else, yeah. he'll strategically start making fun of himself. Okay. And he'll bring like the audience into like, not pity mode, but like he just makes fun of himself and brings on all these jokes and brings himself down and yeah. everyone thinks it's really funny and then he can like make fun of other people. Because he's been made fun of, then he can make fun of it's other easier. people in that yeah. sense. So, And not that I'm looking to make fun of other people. It's just, I think it's like a good icebreaker sometimes. I, th- I think I think it is. I think like, uh, I think like what, I, I think that can like kind of break doors open in, in some sense. It's like, like just being like I'm not that smart or whatever or like or you know or you know like I like like it can open up doors for people to feel like they can be themselves or or that they can ask maybe a, what might be a silly question and yeah sense. I, I I think that's actually really important is like is that people can ask silly questions and then fostering that space for people to be able to ask a quote unquote stupid question but that is true because I am comfortable enough saying I'm an expert now at marketing. And it took a long time to do that. Uh, it took a long time to figure out what it meant to be an expert. But then I think sometimes when you say that and you are confident and I can talk to anybody type of thing, I think that maybe does intimidate people and it scares people. So they mm-hmm. don't want to ask silly questions. And I do frankly work with, I love working with small business owners. 
I hate working with other marketing reps. I hate working with other marketing managers and hierarchies and stuff like that. So like they're, they don't ask those same type of questions because they kind of know. Small business owner, they're always scared. And they're asking me because they don't know. They're asking me because they're not the expert. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Your wife just uh, pounded on the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, can you think of uh, any... Uh, there's two things I want to pick up. One, can you think of any places in your life in which you feel scared asking about asking a stupid question or that you're, there's going to be repercussions or like, or, 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 or like consequence for like having, asking a stupid question or shame or. I suppose sometimes I am still embarrassed when I'm working with someone maybe for a long time and they'll ask me a question about marketing and I'm like, well, I don't know that. Or I've not seen that before yet. There's a part of me that's always like, you are the expert. You're supposed to know this. But then there's just the human part of you where you're supposed to just admit that, oh, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I said that today to someone in an email. He sent me something and he's like, what is this? I'm like, I've never seen this before. I have no idea what this is. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'm trying to think for interview content purposes of a better answer for you. Oh, no, no, no. This <laughs> Don't, don't consider this an interview. This isn't I, a... <laughs> I don't think I'm ever like terribly scared to ask questions. I've done a lot of counseling and therapy. Sometimes that's weird to admit. So mm-hmm. um, in that, I've learned to communicate better yeah. in general. And you're not really as scared to ask questions and just commu- to communicate. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's like, uh, like I, I can think of places in my life where I was like, felt consequence for asking a stupid question or, you know, whether it was like sports growing up or, you know, sometimes some classrooms can be that, that way or just like social circles where it's like, I actually don't know, you know, like what that film is or or, or whatever. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, it's for, for me, it's like, I have, I also have like an insecurity around like being stupid as well. So asking a stupid question for me, I think that really feels like, yeah. Like, so, so I really appreciate spaces where it's like, no, ask whatever question. Like, yeah, of course. Like the, the times when people in my life have told me like, yeah, of course you should know that. They're like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like I, yeah. I will say it lately too. I feel like I've met so many people in the last year that I am often forgetting names and conversations and situations that I've spoken to people about. And even this morning, we had coffee with someone. I don't remember her name. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I think Luke's met this woman before. Yeah. I hope. And I'm usually pretty good at it. And I don't know if yeah. you'll notice if, if you have noticed this, but that's when I'll I'll play stupid. And I'll be like, yo, I'm an idiot. I forget your name. Yeah. And that kind of breaks them down. They think it's funny and then they tell me. That's it, like it didn't feel right today to ask for her. Okay. Name. I met her a few times. <laughs> I, I I should have because I, I was in the same boat. And then yeah. like conversation started up when she was sitting down. I was like, oh, I need to ask her her name. Yeah. Her name again. And like, and yeah. Yeah. Because for me, like I, I'm i pretty good with names. But then like I, I never take offense if somebody forgets no. my name or whatever. Like, That's a course, weird thing like, too. Like why of, would we be offended by that? Yeah. And like <laughs> ha, ha, have you encountered anybody that has actually been offended by you not remembering their name? Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah. But I, I guess as well, like the concern then is like maybe they – Played like they weren't offended, but then they went home that night and you know told their partner like that Matt forgot my oh yeah my name or whatever. <laughs> Probably like, not like, though. Yeah, I think so many of these feelings are 
internal and they're self-inflicted. Uh, again, like through counseling and therapy, I was talking about, I have a ton of guilt about a lot of stuff. Nothing I've done bad. Mm. It's just like, I wish I could be a better dad. Mm. I wish I could be a better partner. I wish I could be better at all these things. Um, working with Hillary over at State of Mind Hypnosis. Um, and one of them was like, man, I wish I was able to focus more at home and like be a better parent. And she starts asking questions. She's like, who's telling you you're not a good parent? I'm like, well, no one. Who's telling you that you're not a good dad? Are your kids saying that? Well, no, they've never said that, mm, right? Yeah. It's it's on me. It's these like internal feelings that we all feel. And a lot of these pressures and a lot of these things that we think that um, we should be scared about and these feelings are all internal and like they're fear-based, yeah. which is interesting. We're going way off topic. I'm sorry, but like... I'm going to wrap this into... You know, yeah. She said the other day that like we have all these feelings, Name, there's a hundred different feelings maybe, right? Mm -hmm. There's only two. They all boil down to love and fear, which I found interesting. Mm. Like anger is a part of a little bit of love and probably fear and all these different things. And now I've come so far off track, I forget where I was going with all this. But I think the gist of it being we put so much pressure on ourselves to be certain ways. And I have internal struggles about am I good as a business owner am i um the best am i good enough that i'm sometimes the only person asking myself that and you're the only person asking yourself about certain feelings Mm -hmm. you're not asking thinking about that about me probably not no maybe not (laughs) no other people maybe they are maybe they aren't i guess that's a part of business they have to determine is this guy good enough is this guy gonna be able to help me right a lot of it's just these internal things we put on ourselves yeah with uh, with uh, marketing, I have to imagine that there would be some cases where, like, somebody's coming to you with some level of, like, vulnerability in, in some sense that, like, their business isn't doing well enough and they need help at doing better. Do you, do you see those cases fairly often? Or Yeah, absolutely. Um, no one comes to me because they're excited. No mm. one comes to me and is like, hey, my business is thriving we're making more than I wanted. Um, can you make it even better? I realized this two years ago. Mm. It's always a negative first experience with me. Not me. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. <laughs> but the first interaction with me, people are not excited about it. Mm-hmm. They're never really... I can convince them to be excited once I start to show them how I can help them after like two conversations. Um, but the first call is like they're embarrassed there is vulnerability there because business owners have egos. They think they can do it better. Maybe they've tried to do marketing and hasn't been successful. Maybe they've had someone else try to do it and it wasn't successful. So they're usually coming to me because something is not good. Something is bad. It's not going the direction that they want. Um, So it's hard for them often to admit that. Mm. So there is a ton of vulnerability there and a lot of those negative type of feelings the first time you talk to me. I don't know if I wish it was different, because I don't know anything different, but um, I realized a couple years ago that's the tone, and maybe that's why I have to maybe I act a little bit more frazzled sometimes on mm. those first calls, and I'm intentionally sometimes very like over the top passionate about some of the ideas and things going on because I want people to like understand like 
there's some cool stuff here. There's, this is exciting. I'm trying mm-hmm. to change the tone. This conversation is interesting because now I can think about how to intentionally shift that mindset, like almost from the beginning. Mm. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That, that, so, so interesting. Cause like, remember, I guess like I was listening to Brene Brown podcast and she was saying that, um, starting a business is one of the most vulnerable endeavors that you can, you can take on in, in some sense that you're really putting yourself out there. And am I going to kind of like succeed or am I going to fail? And, and I think when things aren't going well, as a business owner, especially off the bat, then like a lot of questions can be coming up. I'm like, am I actually like able to be a business owner? Am I smart enough? Am I like, I must be really missing a mark or doing something poorly. If like, uh, if like, like I can't, I can't, I can't even do this or I don't know how to get clients or I don't know, you know, like how to do that. Like, like being a business, start starting a business is a pretty vulnerable venture in some sense. Sure. I think we put business owners on pedestals though. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if it's as big and scary as we often talk about. Um, the fr- I've never thought about it this way until right now while you were talking that way. How is it any different than your, your day-to-day job though? Like if you are employed by someone and you're like, oh, am I good enough? Can I do this? Can I succeed? Can I make this sale? Can I make this customer happy? If they fail, they get fired. Mm-hmm. It's no different, right? It's, it's, it's no different except, except the, well, no, sorry. It is different. I think in the sense that like, um, if you are, so let's say, let's use like, like bricklaying for an analogy in some sense. Yeah. If I am a bricklayer hired on by, by another head bricklayer or whatever, I just have to be really good at laying bricks. Yeah. I don't have to worry about the next job that's coming up. I don't have to have nothing and create something out of nothing. Whereas I think like with the business owner, there is an element of like creating something out of nothing. So like you have experience working at a digital marketing agency and then starting your, your own, your own small business agency, um, type deal. And like you, you never had to worry on this side. I would assume about like, do we have enough do I have enough coming in next month so that I can pay my mortgage or that I can, you know, like, is this, you know, and, and I, I, I think with like with business owners, where it's like, I, I'm there with you. We put business owners in too great a pedestal. A lot of times they're like, well, it's this huge thing. And oftentimes it, it, it isn't, but there is like the concern of the business owner is around like the marketing and the sales and the HR and, you know, and the lease and the contracts and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. There's way more responsibility on your shoulders. I think it's similar to being a manager or like a C-level type of exec. I don't know how many of those we have locally here at least, but I I know what you mean, especially when I first started. It was you are, at that point, I had never posted on social media for another account in my Mm. entire life. So it was like, yeah, I can do this. Or yeah, I can do ads. Or yeah, I can do so all these different things. When people ask, can you do this? I always answer, yes, I can do this. If they ask if I've ever done it before, I was honest. Right. That's a different question. Yeah. <laughs> so at the time it was, it was that, um, you're trying to figure out how to do it. Um, you might be an expert at what you do. You might be passionate about something that you do, but doesn't mean you know how to run a business, which is the scariest part of probably running a business. Mm-hmm. Like business school doesn't actually teach you how to run a business, run a small business. They teach you how to be an executive. 
they teach you how to do SWOT analysis and all these big fancy reports and all that kind of stuff. But nowhere do you get a passion for videography, photography, marketing, design, and then all of a sudden become a good business owner because of it. Those are the things you have to figure out on your own. So like you said, you are doing accounting, you're doing bookkeeping, you're doing marketing, you're doing sales, you're doing all that. However, now... I know, and we all know this, but it's tricky to get into right away. You don't have to be all those things. As the business owner, you could find people to do these things. Like there's experts at accounting and bookkeeping. There's experts Mm -hmm. at videography. There's experts at marketing. There's experts at HR and sales and virtual assistants and all these things. And I wish two things. I don't want to say no regrets because that's a cliche, but... (laughs) The two things I wish I had known earlier on was I wish I hired experts right away. Maybe it's just one thing. Mm. <laughs> it used to be two things. It used to be like I wish I had hired people to do a lot of that other stuff right right away. Right. And then I did do that. And then it was, okay, I wish I hired people that had a bit more experience and were experts. Now it's just I wish I hired experts at what they were experts at mm-hmm. sooner. Yeah. And yeah, it costs you money, costs you maybe a lot more money, but it gives you the time to focus on what you're good at, right? Like you don't need to be messing around. Like I don't need to be messing around with a social media post. I hate doing social media stuff. I hate that I keep bringing it up, but it's like the most relatable thing to everybody. Yeah. But like, I don't need to be messing around writing a social media description or doing a design and scheduling it. It's a complete waste of my time. There's other people that can do that, want to do that. They should be doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm good in a room with people. I'm good on phone calls. I'm good with strategy. I'm good with business development. I'm good with sales. I'm good with processes. Get me to do that. I'm better at the business side of things than the marketing side of things. Is that true? Not true. But I, <laughs> that's where I bring more value to. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's it, it, it's funny in the... like taking the case of like a new client walks into your door and is embarrassed that they need marketing help. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of silly thing to be embarrassed about. And like, I understand why somebody would feel Mm. embarrassed about it. But at the end of the day, it's like for, if you're a brick and mortar store, like you, you don't think that you have to um, like develop your own sign all by yourself. Like, you know, that you're going to hire this, this business who has special tools and equipment in order to, get that sign up above your doorway and, and, and it's kind of like with marketing as well, or with those more like softer skills in some sense, or like those active, um, active, yeah, skills or roles or whatever. Like, like we often, because I, I fall into it sometimes too, where it's like, I should be good at everything, mm. right? I should be good at, at doing this and accounting and, and everything like that. Then it's like, it's like, I'm, I, I need to be excellent at one thing. Yeah at one core thing and then like fill in the gaps with kind of experts around it. Yeah. And it's, it's a content thing where years ago, and it's probably still the case where people will say like, Oh, if you're not good at something, go learn how to do it and then become good at that. And then find something else you're not good at. Forget that. No interest in that. Focus on what you're good at. Hammer that. Find experts. That's how you're going to grow. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's like some cases where like you can be a jack of all trades, but then there's a ceiling. Sure. And in, in some sense, like you can have your 
garage in your backyard where you do your work and you bill your clients as they as they come in and you you know like you yeah you you know like you post on on social media for phone and everything but they're but the, if the goal is growth or or you know there's just sure. a, there's a ceiling to also there's also just a ceiling to what one person can do oh yeah you yeah. only have so many hours in the day and whatever you want your business to be who is a jack of all trades though that you can think of in almost any industry that's good at like literally all those things? I can't think of anybody. No, and and, and I think that there's there's probably also this like um this uh social media veil or whatever, right? So like I, I look at I look at a business which is good at social media, I'm like, whoa, they really got their hand on things. And it's like, well, they're probably really good at what they're doing and social media. Yeah. Doesn't mean that everything in the background is also good as well because they're probably getting maybe some uh, coaching or they're getting some financial advice or you know or or you know like they they have yeah help in all these all these areas so like I I I I think I think social media when I see somebody doing a good job by themselves on social media I'm like damn they're they're the prime business owner like oh yeah you know they got everything covered and in some sense but it's like that's one one element of of what one element of running a business and just one element of marketing. As yeah. well, it's like it's social media, which some could argue is like a bit uh, a minuscule portion of the marketing. World. Dep- yeah. yeah, and it depends yeah. what your goals are and everything. And everyone wants to do social media because it's connected to their phone and that's the thing they think about and they think it's the easiest and that's where everyone is. But it doesn't always make sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense most of the time in for certain aspects, but. Um, I don't know if we want to go down this route, but uh, well, th- oh. I, I, that's exactly where I wanted to go down because I think that like people have misunderstandings and misconceptions of what what digital marketing is. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about you, I read a Lindsay Advocate article or whatever, and then like followed you on social media, and then like I knew you, and I know other people knew you as like the social media guy in some sense. That like you did digital marketing, that meant that you handled you managed people's social media accounts in some sense. Then I met you. Got to know you, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know what SEO was. I didn't know about search engine optimization. I right, I didn't know that email marketing was so powerful. I you know, and then like just just learning more. I th- I think like we oftentimes with the misunderstanding with marketing is that it's like a pretty narrow, uh, like a, a narrow view on mm-hmm. all that marketing is. Marketing being like the whole process of putting you know letting people know about your work in some sense. But but I'm 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 curious about like the the misunderstandings that exist around digital digital marketing yeah it's funny when i first started i had social media on the website there's like four or five different services and i had social media on the website i wanted nothing to do with it and i wanted to do more seo search engine optimization getting found on google but then that's what blew up was the social media stuff social media marketing social media posts and everything and i became like a social media factory and it was a lot, and it took forever to do. Yeah. <laughs> it basically was an entire month of the first week was description, or no, sorry. The last week was scheduling. The week before would have been like images. The week before was descriptions or flip those around. And then the first week was strategy. It took like a whole month to do an account type of thing. <laughs> Anyways, um, became super well-versed in it and realizing like I have a process which I think is like the big, one of the bigger problems with a lot of the social media agencies is they don't have processes or mm. I've heard of some processes and it's subjective, but does they don't sound right to me type of thing. 
I really wanted to get into SEO, but then at the same time, I was really scared to do SEO more than social media because I hadn't done either, but I could do social media a little bit easier than SEO at the time. Anyways, now it's somewhat flipped, meaning when people come, they'll call still and be like, hey, I want to do social media. And I'm like, nice about it, but I always will ask why. Like, why social media? And it's usually, well, that's where you need to be. Mm. I get that 90% of the time. Everyone's on social media. It's a great way for me to grow my business. I'm like, well, wouldn't it be awesome if you knew that people were searching for what you sell and what you offer and you could show up on Google? And they're like, oh, well, that makes a little bit more sense, yeah. (laughs) So that's where I like to not go, but I like to be just extremely custom with people now. So I used to, when I first started, like, hey, can you do social media? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Here's how much it is. Off to the races. Um, Now it's, I can do whatever you want, but it probably doesn't make sense to do whatever you want. It makes more sense to go through this foundational stuff and figure out, like, who does that, your audience, who your personas, how do they interact online? We build those now. We do brand messaging for the website. We do, I take over everybody's website. Um, I hate now when I take, when I'll do tactics like maybe SEO or Google ads and that stuff works, but then we send it to a website that doesn't make sense and the messaging mm-hmm. isn't clear and there's no calls to action and it just looks crummy. I had to have this conversation a month ago with someone and they're like, well, why are my ads not working? I'm like, well, I control this portion. This portion, these numbers are above average. Here's why. When they get to your website, which I don't control, this is where we're losing everything. Mm. This is the issue. We need to do these things. And I've gotten like some headway there, which has been cool. Yeah. But um, I used to, again, be... I'll, I will take your money and I'm helping, but we'll do whatever is necessary. Um, now it's more so pump the brakes. This has to make sense for everybody. I'll still take over just tactics without a website, but I'm fighting like heck not to because mm. it's just, I know the conversation I have with people. It happens with social media more than anything, but it will happen with other things too, where it's like, okay, if I'm taking over your Google ads, I can generate lots of traffic, but if we're sending horse to water that's not drinkable, they're not going to drink it. Yeah. Put a pin in that. I just got to, uh, my camera has a record. I was just going to start it and stop again. Are we starting from the, the, from scratch? No. I'll probably play right through this just so people that, 10 viewers here can just see how poorly my ship runs. But, uh, (laughs) Um, but yeah, that, that, that was a really interesting that I've, that I discovered, like learning more about digital marketing through you is like the importance of the whole framework that exists yeah. and like, and like the systems that, that exist. I think like, um, in my head and I think, uh, in probably a fair amount of people's heads to marketing is equivalent to like, like we grew up interacting with the marketing as, um, those advertisements that I see on TV commercials yeah those Billboards, those commercials and magazines. like and like these super creative things that's like trying to get me to buy a product i wasn't aware of the level marketing which is just like optimizing your search engine your 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 your, your position on, on on a search engine or within like having a good readable website that has uh, nicely colored buttons in the right place which is getting people to perform the call to action and that's it that, that that was a surprise to me when i first got to know you and got to 
learn a bit more about marketing is like the importance of the frame of the framework and the kind of bedrock system that exists. Yeah. And it's not just social media. Like you said, it's what's the situation? Is this something that people are actively looking for? Then there's tactics for that. If you're a videographer, photographer, marketer, people are looking for that stuff. Where are they looking for it? They're looking for it first on Google. It's slowly on Facebook and Instagram and these social media platforms. It's slowly becoming a directory. And I think that's going to be a massive shift in the next five or 10 years. Anyways, they're still going to Google as their main directory, right? We need to show up there. We have a responsibility as business owners to show up on Google when people are searching for that stuff. Mm. Um, if you are a innovative product that no one's ever come up with and thought of before and people aren't searching for it, then that makes no sense to go on Google. Why right. are we going to show up for a product or a service or a solution that doesn't exist yet and people aren't searching for it. that's more we need to create awareness for it that's old not old school but traditional marketing they'll call mm-hmm. it that's billboards that's magazines whatever and i equate social media posts with so uh, with traditional marketing mm-hmm. it's somewhat there's a bit more targeting a tiny bit more uh no there's a lot more than traditional but i equate social media posts with traditional marketing it's like this is your billboard this is yeah. your magazine article or whatever like we're gonna blast out there we're not gonna care about likes i don't care about comments like i'm not into that i'm into reach and impressions i want people to see the posts that's what we're doing it for does that always translate into sales no and that's a massive disconnect with social media Mm -hmm. is just because we're doing a post doesn't mean it's going to lead to an immediate sale that's a massive misconception with all marketing that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, We want someone to see our ad and reach out to us right away and get that sale. Yeah. Sorry. We want someone to see our marketing and it to result in a sale. That'd be awesome. Great. Every (laughs) time, hundred percent of the time it works like three to 4% of the time someone sees your marketing, you're going to get someone to click on it. And then from there, it could be another three or 4% of those people that actually call you. And then average sales closings would be 30 something percent. That's a numbers game. Like Mm -hmm. you're losing a quarter, three quarters of your people every time along the way. Um, It's not like that. And that's been a, I can explain that one well, um, but that's been a wild misconception over the years of people thinking, okay, they, we've done a post and that should be a sale. I I can tell you here's the average clicks for the ad and what it should be. From there, there's a massive gap. If I'm not in control of that website, there's a bunch of stuff going on there. They call you, who are they talking to? Like, is your receptionist able to handle that? Are you a lead factory? Are you someone that doesn't know how to handle those calls? Who does it go to? Um, what's their sales process? What's their, your cost? What's mm-hmm. all your things? It's not my fault if your stuff's overpriced. It's not my fault if you're a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with our marketing being good or not. Mm-hmm. So there's big gaps there. So even though I try to take over everything now and we do like a holistic approach, there's still gaps there. 
Yeah. They're still like, are you a jerk? They're still, do you have stock? Do you like, are you able to fulfill this order within X amount of time? Like I can't help all that. Mm -hmm. Um, but we just kind of do our best and put our best foot forward, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. When, When you say you try and take over everything in some sense, what is everything? Yeah. So now when someone calls and they're saying, okay, I want to do this. I want to grow my business. I'm like, great. What are you actually trying to grow your business by? Like, give me revenue numbers. You're trying to get from a million to two million. Are you two million to two and a half million? I need those numbers because I can start to figure out how many people we need on that website because of those numbers I talked about previously. So, okay, if you get 100 people on your website, um, sorry, 100 people see an ad, you're only going to get three or four clicks type of Mm. thing. Like, that's good. We can get to 8 to 10%. So maybe you get 8 people on the website. From those 8 people, you might get, again, 3 or 4% of them will actually call you or email you, etc. So it's a bit of a numbers game. Anyways, when it comes to everything, now I mean, I know that people interact with a brand like 12 times before they reach out. So if we're just doing social media, that's one little component of that. If we're just doing SEO, that's one little component. We're not hitting all the different areas that they need to be. Realistically, we need to be hitting as many of those different channels as possible. So Google, Facebook, Instagram, um, with ads, with posts, etc. Email marketing, everything. Um, now I want to be able to go in with people, create that audience, create those personas. Who are we trying to target? Uh, I don't care. Like we're not trying to sell to everybody. If we are, we've misfired. That's a big. Yeah, that's a big. Uh... You're, yeah, I think that's a big misconception. Marketing is like we're not trying to spread as far and wide as we can. We're not trying to blanket advertise on the TV channels and whatnot. No. It's like they're like it's a beautiful world now where we can very specifically, yeah, kind of target people. There's two different industries that can target everyone: food and clothes, because that's all we need. Everything else is is a niche. Mm-hmm. I like to think like not everybody needs coffee. Not everybody needs a mortgage. Not everybody needs marketing. Not everybody needs video. Not everybody needs entertainment. Mm -hmm. All we need is clothes and food. Those people, and that's why you see those billboards all over the place. Your big box stores and restaurants and everything. Um, Every other service doesn't need to be selling to everybody. My biggest account that I work on is a big HVAC company locally. We're not trying to appease everyone. We're trying to get in front of everybody with a home Mm -hmm. that has an AC or a furnace type of thing. But we're not so concerned about rentals or people that don't have those type of things. Um, Same with like a plumbing company I work with and um, a custom millwork, woodworking type of company. We're not trying to appease everybody. A lot of like the custom woodworking one, like it's high cost really expensive stuff. It's really good. We're not trying to get the people that make $30,000 a year. That's probably like even $60,000 a year doesn't cover the cost now. With a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff, right? Like we're trying to find affluent people with multiple properties and stuff like that. Like we're not trying to convince that person to go get um, another job so they can afford to pay for this type of service. So we need to focus on who we actually can help, really. Um, So we're taking over, not taking over, but we're we're looking at like the audience that we're working with, 
then trying to figure out how do we speak to them? How do we make it clear what it is we sell and how they can buy from us? That usually means like the website, rewriting it, design tweaks. And then from there is when we can kind of get into tactical stuff. So that's when we get into, okay, do we do SEO? Do we do ads? Do we do all this stuff? So as part of the audiences, we'll determine like what's their journey online, which sounds kind of lame and fluffy, but it's, I find it interesting Mm. (laughs) where you're like, you paint this picture of the people and it at first glance is like, what is the point of this? This guy, Luke, always wears funky hats. Sometimes he plays basketball. He does all these things. He's got a kid. He's got a wife. All these interests. And you're like, what does this mean? But when you start to look at the picture and you start to think like, well, this is what he's actually doing online. This is where he finds his information. So then we take that of like, okay, this persona finds their information this way. This is how we target them. And sometimes the problem is with all these different personas, there's different ways to target everybody. So we could be looking at six to 10 different tactics. Um, My mentor used to to joke that um, I've never met someone with an unlimited budget. Maybe today is my day. And that's usually the case, right? Like we don't have unlimited budgets, even myself working on my own marketing and stuff. Like we only have so many resources, right? So now I will intentionally take over multiple tactics. I don't like doing just one. And it's not because I can make more money. It's not because it's more profitable. It's because I know it will be successful. If we can get our hands on multiple channels and multiple tactics, we will be successful. If you come to me and you're like, of the 12 interactions that we need to get in front of people for, you just take one of those, we'll do something. It's not Mm going to be great. We can take a couple, always successful, frankly. Yeah. And that's how I started tar- like changing things the last couple of years. I had the big HVAC company, and it was the first account that I had three different tactics. At the time, now we're doing more. Um, but it was three different tactics, and I was like, A, I talk to these people the same amount that I talk to the people that pay me a lot less. And it's so much more successful. <laughs> And it's because I, like, again, realized not just this took years to figure out, but it's because we're doing multiple things. So we're hitting people in every different channel. We're dominating Google in ads with SEO. We're on social. As much as I don't like social, like, it plays a part in it. That's mm-hmm. more of the awareness part. Um, and then we added in email marketing. And they started duck cleaning. Um, like, as a new service, it all kind of um, made sense. Um, they bought one or two trucks. They had a plan to break even after 12 months with the email marketing. We broke even after two months because we just told people like, we've got this brand new flashy, sparkly, pretty thing. Hmm. And people and like the cost was like relatively low and they're like, yeah, sure. We know you, we trust you. We don't need to like spend time finding or like building rapport with somebody else we know you yeah we'll do it they broke even after two months with that the duck cleaning just by email um and email email sucks email marketing sucks but because we've all like signed up for the clothing stores that Mm -hmm. um you buy something then you get an email every single my my promotions tab on uh on my gmail just flooded Yeah, yeah, yeah but 
they have such a big contact list and it's a numbers game for them. So if like, again, we can close, email numbers are different, but imagine it's, we can get 10% of those people to click and 10% of them are going to call us. Those other people, like the big clothing companies that have massive lists, it's a numbers game to them. Yeah. So they do it every single day. And it's built in trust. Like those people probably already like you. They probably already love you. Like mm-hmm. they've already purchased from you. There's not that barrier there. So it's like an easier sell email marketing wise. So yeah, no, email marketing is, is powerful. I've just gotten into it this last year yeah. in some sense. And it's like the, the clicks and the purchases that come from like, from like email as opposed to social media is like, Oh, is astronomical like yeah just way more like way the one i'm working with has like way smaller email lists and social media but like the what comes from the email oh yeah is way more powerful and has way better return than what comes from social media they like you already you don't need to convince them to like you Mm -hmm. you've already been on a couple dates at this point right (laughs) yeah 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 And, and as well like i think like the funny thing that I find with marketing often when I hear from people or, you know, or like, or even my own insecurities when I've been trained into it is like that there's this feeling of like taking advantage of people in yeah. some sense. And, you know, and like, and there is like this, like, so even when we're talking about targeting here, I'm a little like, I, I, I caught myself and said, it's a beautiful world. You can target anybody. <laughs> it's like, okay, there are big issues with that in some sense, but like, but there's also like a, a, a human good that's done with an advertising when like we're making others aware of like a need that needs to be fulfilled in some sense. Like there is like a goodness to that, that it's like, Hey, we have, so for that example, we have a duct cleaning service. You need duct cleaning service. We're letting you know that we can do that. We can do it at this reasonable rate. Great. I forgot about duct cleaning. This is a great reminder. Like I'd love yeah, to absolutely. get my ducts cleaned or, or whatever. Like there is like yeah. a good to marketing in letting people know that like that you exist and that you have something valuable to offer. Yeah. Offer to them. As a business owner, you have a responsibility to tell people that you have a solution to their problems. That's what marketing is. Mm-hmm. That's a good bit. I'll let that sit for a minute so you can edit that easy. <laughs> I, I I understand what you're saying though. Um, I remember when I first started, I hated the idea of putting myself out there doing social media posts like that. But then to me, it was. I'm the only person in my home bringing income into this house and this is what I'm doing and I need to do it. It's my yeah. livelihood. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't really have a choice. <laughs> and when I first started the the targeting stuff, my mentor again said it was like creepy, but creepy cool. And I don't know if now I've convinced myself of this now, but honestly, I think we should all be thankful for this targeting because it's a much better experience online because mm-hmm. we're getting ads that are targeted towards us. I'd rather see stuff that makes sense to me that's relevant to me. I don't want to see ads for funky hats because I don't wear them. That makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. You would love that, right? You see funky hats online. You're like, this is for me. I need to click that. I I wouldn't use funky to describe this hat, but for for, for if anybody's just listening and not seeing the video, I am wearing a wide brim felt hat. (laughs) If if we were writing descriptors about it, we would start with the word funky. So I would, I'd I'd start like, you know, like, like the hat that everyone used to wear just a few decades ago, that kind of style. Everyone. Yeah. All, all men used to wear hats in a Wyoming, maybe. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just yeah yeah no okay 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 i don't have a problem with the targeting anymore and i don't know if i've committed yeah. myself to that but i truly believe it's a better experience online yeah. why would you not want something that's tailored to you versus just randomness i used yeah. to use the example my wife used to think she was like lactose intolerant where every single day turning off of golden mile on highway seven there's a billboard for dairy queen she can't eat that. Mm-hmm. What does she want to see that for? Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Um, why don't you target something that's more towards her? And you can't do that with billboards. There is demographic information for sure. But with ads, social media ads specifically, Facebook and Instagram, you can get really into the weeds mm-hmm. in a fun way. Like I just did an ad minutes before we started this for Valentine's day for like a pop-up that we're doing at thrive for, um, Oh, sure. Just use my podcast to plug your own. I'm sure. I'm not kidding. This is the purpose. <laughs> at, at the speed you go, this will be out in May or June. So <laughs> we'll be preparing for next Valentine's day, 2024. Um, it's like a Valentine's day pop-up. The whole point is like all in one spot for men to get ready for Valentine's day. We got a guy that's cutting hair, We've got Kent Flores is coming in with to sell flowers and chocolate, and Nisbet's Clothers is like bringing in like Saks underwear that you can buy. Um, Kevin Sales, mortgage broker, mortgage agent, um, is donating a hundred and fifty dollar gift card to Ponte Vino. So like you come and you get all of it in one spot. Long story short, where I'm going with this is you can take that and put a billboard up. You can take that and put a poster up. It's all going to cost you about the same, whether you do it that way or digitally. Digitally, I think is often less, but mm-hmm. you're way more targeted. So I set up an ad that was like 15 miles around Kawartha Lakes for men specifically that were in a relationship or married or engaged. I think that was it. So instead of just like everyone all women, all men, all age groups. Or even men, like all men. Like, I don't care if all men see it. Sure. I need men that are in relationships that need to buy their partner something or yeah. get a nice haircut, yeah. look slick for their date type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I find that way more powerful than if you're like, hey, we should put up a bunch of posters around Thrive or all around the downtown. I'm yeah. like, it's great and it's awesome awareness. And it all plays a part, like I said, because people are going to interact 12 times. What I should have done, depending on budget and resources, though, is like I should do the ad. I do social media posts. I do posters. I do postcards. I try to get on the radio. I do all the things. But we do need to be critical with what we do. So Yeah. No, it's, it's cool as well because in that example as well, like you're advertising, targeting people, but then you're also extending to them an opportunity to have a really good Valentine's day or, or, yeah. or, or to, or like, like a simple solution to like, like, yeah, get your haircut and get your chocolates and get your flowers all in one, yeah. all in one place and have like a, a nice Valentine's day. It's not, it's not necessarily taking advantage of people just by simply marketing to them. Like you're offering them like a valuable, you are offering yeah. them help. Yeah. Like it's a solution to their problem. Their problem is that Valentine's day is mm-hmm. coming up, whether they celebrate or not, or they want to buy something for their partner or not we have a solution for that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and at the end of the day, if like you're targeting people 
and like you don't have a problem solving, you're not going to see the success. That's a good like, like afterwards, right? Like you can target people all you want, but if you don't actually have a good solution to people's problem, yes, you're not going to be getting the. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you target them or if they see it. It, it, it it's like it's, it's empty. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I'd be remiss if I if we go through this whole podcast and I don't get a little bit of your story about how you got into marketing. Um, so from my understanding is one, you went to school, which yes. you, ju- you declared early in this podcast did nothing for you. <laughs> I went to, I was like a B or C student in high school. I didn't realize at the time um, that I was an idiot, but I didn't realize at the time that um, the reason why I didn't love school was like, I wasn't good uh, at studying. I'm not, not that I'm not a good reader. I'm, I think like a lot of people, maybe this different conversation, reading is a skill set. I don't think people realize that. So for me to sit down there and just read a textbook the night before an exam, Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I'm a thousand different things. I read a sentence. I've retained none of it. It took me years to figure out why I wasn't great there. I'm always good at presentations and like creative stuff and talking and throw me in a room. Anyways, in high school, I realized like I'm not going to go anywhere university wise. And if I want to take business because it's broad, um, I need to, like, I'm going to go down from what was an academic to applied. So I went to those applied classes, um, got into George Brown for business administration and advanced diploma three years was like psyched about marketing at the time, did my first marketing class in the first year and it was a nightmare. It was terrible. It was so boring. It's mm. all written like, what is this one analysis and all this, like it's boring as all heck. Right. So I'm like, I don't really like this, but whatever business is business. I'm going to go through, I'm going to get this and I have like opportunities or whatever. Right. And then I think the last year, I got a sales certificate, like a junior sales certificate. I forget what it was called, but it was like a pretty big certificate, like on the side, because there was like a framework for sales. I think it was like, it's always the same. There's like a thousand different sales classes and certifications, but they all like get back to the same thing, which is talking about the problem. Like there's gap selling and all these other different terms for it or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I've, I've graduated there. At the time, um, I, like I said, I was never good at the like reporting part of things or studying or building like like just filling out a bunch of paperwork type of stuff. So I sat in class twice with a guy who was good at that and I was good at the presentation stuff and he wouldn't go up there. He hated doing that. So we partnered up a couple times. And then I think the second time or whatever, I forget how it came up. He was like, hey, my dad owns this window cleaning equipment company do you want to work for us i was like yeah sure whatever Uh, they're called roof anchors or like they go into the top of buildings like skyscrapers and stuff and then the guys tie off to it hop over clean windows so i started doing inspections for those i remember being like in a tim hortons on front street and like my only reservation was like like i'm scared of heights is that gonna be a problem it was like (laughs) yeah oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) it will be You kind of get over that pretty quick. Uh, Anyway, so I did that for, I was there for seven years, but I'm trying to think how long. What was the tallest building you were on? Some, I forget which one, but the bank buildings downtown Toronto. You did the bit, like those big, like TD yeah. or Scotia or yeah. whatever, like the. Yeah. Like and a couple the, of the big, like condos just south of there. Like, like eight, 70, 80 story type, yeah. type deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's legit. 
they're not scary. Um, when you're up there, you're up there. It's when you get a little close. Yeah. <laughs> That's when it gets more scary. And I'll sometimes have some like thoughts, intrusive thoughts or whatever, where I remember like looking over and be like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Or yeah. what was I thinking? Anyways, we're here to talk about it. So, yeah. uh, so, so school and then you were doing um, inspections for the, yeah. uh, for the roof anchor. And then that's that first summer it was like well we need to keep you we need to or get ready type of thing and i went into a marketing role um and then like a bit of a everything there it was marketing not in the classic way it was a lot of sales administration a lot of sales support i would call it more than anything and then one of the guys that i used to work with named andrew moved on to a digital marketing agency. He had a couple stops, but digital marketing agency and reached out to me. I was like, Hey, we're hiring. Um, do you want to do this? And I was like, I know nothing about digital marketing and my wife is pregnant for the first time, but I managed to get myself that job. And that was like, yeah, that was a big, massive, massive jump and change for me. So I was at that job for two and a half years, which felt really short because I came from a job of like seven years. Mm, right. But then you start to talk to people. I think average now is like one to two and a half years. It's wild how quickly people change career-wise. Anyway, so from there, I was offered a job um, up in Lindsay from a guy that I went to a wedding with from like a really close mutual friend. Again, not a good time. I forget how old now two of my kids were. Must have been pretty young. <laughs> um, so he took that jump and then was there for about a year and a half and then realized it's time to do my own thing type of thing. Yeah. And I'm just going to, again, I, I have a few minutes to spare, but I'm just going to put the camera on and off again. Yeah. And and the knowing your story from, you know, we've been... Uh, uh, like semi acquaintances for the last year or so. Are we not that? friends? Are we? I'd say we're friends. I would say we're friends. I'm pretty loose that. with the term, but I, <laughs> I'm offended that we're not friends. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh, that was a semi-acquaintances, joke. Semi acquaintances, like wow, well, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, but then uh, <laughs> good joke. Like knowing that, so when you you left that job to run, to start your own business, and then. It went pretty darn well right off the bat. Is that is that correct? It it blew up pretty quick. It scaled really quickly. Um, I made a lot of money right away. <laughs> or so 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 first first take take through like what that take us through like what that looked like and then what that what that was and and like how you did it in some sense. Or... So I left to do my own thing for hundreds of reasons, as most business owners would probably understand. I want to be in control of my own livelihood. I think every business owner thinks that they can do it better. So that's why we do what we're doing. So I started to do that. Um, I remember people always just saying, you're a nice guy, easy to talk to. I'm good, like an account manager, blah, blah, blah. You're a good talker. And I was like, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> Uh, but I have this passion for marketing. So I was like, okay, let's do that type of thing. So I started that and I had a lot of great connections of people that wanted to work with me and a lot of great word of mouth. Um, 
I hustled a lot trying to figure out again, like, how do I do all this? It was so stressful. I was in my basement doing the work, like fulfilling the work, doing sales, doing account management, doing accounting and bookkeeping, doing marketing. It was me by myself for not that long, but it was um, six months. It's not even that long, but just me for six months. And I made as much money in the first month that I did at my old job. So I was like, oh, like oh, there's something here. <laughs> That's pretty seamless <laughs> transition from uh Yeah. From from employee to, to business owner if you're yeah. yeah. To me it was like my break even point was like that's how we break even because it was me and a laptop and you just start my digital marketing business in the first month. Same amount of money as I had the previous months at my job. So that was cool. And, and, and that was due to just basically reaching out to people in your network that yeah. that could benefit from your yeah from your digital marketing. I had a list, I had a page in a book. I honestly wish I um, kept it. And I don't know maybe if I do have it somewhere because um, it's like a great story. I think where I I sat down one day and just wrote down like all the people I could talk to. Mm-hmm. Of like here's who I could help with marketing. Here's who I could work for here's who i could like take a nine to five job with type of thing mm. and i reached out to all of them february 1st 2019 the first day i was on my own type of thing and that's where that went um it just blew up i had like the first yeah it just was fascinating how people were interested in this and I guess it was like not to pat myself on the back or hurt myself pat myself on the back it was a testament to me that people wanted to work with me oh, yeah. which was cool um I had people again my dad uh, gave me a contact and like that was my first how big it was a five thousand dollar sale and I remember that was like that was in the first couple months and it was just like, oh my God, I've never priced anything so much. And that was really cool. That was a big, um, was it not for profit? Maybe not the exact term, but anyways. And we had uh, a big insurance broker in town introduce me to Greg Nisbet in town. And that took off. That was one of my first, I want to say, Lindsay accounts. It was the first one downtown for sure. And uh, I've worked with him ever since. So, like, that was 2019. Um, I I still work with him. So it it was just a lot of good word of mouth and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. it's grown and it's changed. And through different places I go and different communities that I have, I I meet new people. I get more work from them. And it just kind of goes from there. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, it's it's wild. Like, the story of, like, uh, breaking even the first the first month and like it, it sounds like to me like you had a you had a unique position where you were fulfilling a need that business owners had and there wasn't many people doing doing that in some sense right yeah i don't think that they were doing it in this area uh, in lindsay kawartha lakes consistently um long term I don't think they're marketing themselves, putting themselves out there enough, frankly. I still think that that's a issue or a problem. I'll have some people um, 
I've heard like, oh, you're everywhere. You're like, you're the only guy in town. I'm like, that's not true at all. Mm, right. <laughs> Just the only one that's kind of practicing what we preach and doing marketing and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how many uh, businesses don't do what it is that they do for themselves in some sense. Like I was just talking with somebody who's works at a uh, design company and, mm. and webs, you know, like and des- website design, and like, and they have a crummy website and they're like, yeah, we just don't have time to do it ourselves <laughs> or, it's wild. or, you know, or like our, you know, in my world, like videographers and photographers don't do video for or photo themselves. I, I'm guilty of that. In, in oh, some yeah. sense, like I don't, I don't do enough for my, for myself. And, but then yeah. it's like, but then yeah, like that practice of what you preach can be, powerful it's especially in marketing oh yeah and like i used to have a day dedicated was it every month or every week was for marketing i've i did that twice in the last four years of like i actually just sat down and did marketing for myself Mm. um and it it takes time to figure all this stuff out because again like the first six months it was just me and then someone kind of through circumstance was introduced to me. She was looking to start her own thing. I started helping her, um, like talking to her and I'm like, do you want work? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. So I started giving her little pieces and now she's like a massive instrumental part of the business. Her name's Kristen. Um, still work with her after all these years. And then she introduced me to someone named Skylar and I still work with Sky. And just little pieces along the way that have been added and gives me more time to do what I'm good at. And um, there's good people and there's people that don't always work out the way you want. And you got to find those people and like treat them well. And hopefully they stick around and continue to build that kind of as I go. So, yeah. Well, that feels like a good place to end off. I, I and it's, I still have some like regrets. Like we didn't even talk about that. You're no, you're not just a business owner. Like you own Maddie, Maddie G Digital, Starting Point Digital Marketing, and then you just opened Thrive Coworking Community last year. We didn't get to talk about any of that or or your four years yeah. from starting Maddie Maddie G to to where you're at now. But we'll just have to have you on the podcast system. Uh, we'll just have to. I'll, I'll I, I say we. I will just have to have you on again at some point, and we'll talk. We've been on this podcast for an hour, and you've never mentioned that I'm the reigning business leader of the year. I was going to make an intro, um, but let's wow. (laughs) Can I go on a ramble? One last thing before we go, because I not to say we we prepared for this, but you told me there was going to be like a couple questions that you asked, and I did want to talk about one specifically. So you're going to ask me like. I think you already did this, but I didn't go there right away because we're talking about something else. But like, what's a big misunderstanding with mm. marketing? Yep. And it's been an issue that's kind of come up and uh, I've kind of come up with a bit of the sound bit. So I wanted to not practice it, but I wanted to Please. answer that. On Please, yeah. Because <laughs> I kind of had like an aha moment a couple of weeks ago and I kind of not nailed it. But the biggest misunderstanding I'm finding right now with marketing is the immediate ROI type of thing. Mm. that people expect that we are going to do something marketing related and it's going to result in a sale. And like we already talked about, there's a big gap there. There's a big gap between seeing an ad and your customer service, your products, your services, availability, price, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm always fascinated recently with people's, it's not patience, but now when I'm like, we we can jump in and do a tactic, but I want to 
Now look at your audience and your persona. And I'm going to rewrite your website so there's clear messaging and calls to action and design that website. And then like after maybe three to six months maybe, then we're going to start a tactic. And then people cannot wait that long. Yeah. And I get that. However, I need to do a better job maybe telling people that marketing is an investment and it's not just as a commodity where it's like, I buy this, I get my return. Mm -hmm. What other business or industry do we expect that? Like I service-based business specifically. And I'm not a professional service like an accountant that went to a ton of school and a lawyer that went to a ton of school. But it's very similar to those type of things. Like a lawyer, you're going to spend a lot of time with them before you get your result. I've been working with a bit of analogy when I talk to people about a home. And yeah, we can put your walls up for you, but I don't know what that foundation is like. It's mm-hmm. going to come crumbling down long term. So those first couple months to me are all foundational. And there might not be any tactics. There might not be any ROI in the first couple of months because we're not doing anything, but we need to take the time and the patience to make sure that we have long-term success in an investment like that. Yeah. So I've lost the whole sound bit that I wanted to get to, but like just the idea of like, yeah, you're going to maybe spend, it's not that even close to this actually, it's probably not a good example, but I was always thinking about it like a house. You want a house, you want that beautiful kitchen to show your friends before you get there. You need to go through all those steps. If that foundation's not yeah. there. You got to slog through and dig the dirt and pour toast. the sloppy concrete in yeah. there. And, you know, so yeah, you're going to be yeah. your foundation of your house. You're going to be tens of thousands of dollars into it. And you're just going to see a pad of concrete or whatever. <laughs> I'm not a contractor. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, you're yeah. not going to get anything yet. Yeah. But you have to do that before you can see that beautiful countertop. Before yeah. you can stick your nose up and show off to all your friends how beautiful your backsplash is yeah. and everything. That's what I need to do a better job of marketing-wise um, and explaining to people in that process because I'm getting that a lot lately. And it's because of bad marketing, though. Mm. It's because we've seen too many people do whatever the account has asked them to do that doesn't work or they don't have processes and all this kind of stuff. And marketing doesn't work unless you have processes. If you have, if you don't have methodologies, all that kind of stuff. So we don't, we don't rise to the level. I always quote, um, it's a name, James Clear, is it? Who wrote atomic habits? Like we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Oh, nice. And in that sense. And it's like, and like, I'm, I'm guilty as charged with everything you're, you're saying there, but like this one, it's, I can't even call it marketing. This one advertisement that I'm going to put up mm. is going to make all the difference. And it's like, but like the business needs to be an ongoing, yeah. ongoing work. Yeah. And, and as, as something's moving forward, things will come in and, and the return on the, the ROI to use that yeah. buzzword will, will, uh, will roll in. But I, I've been guilty as charges. Like, Oh, I did this video. And like, especially when I was like younger and like my previous career of being a musician, I was like this, one song in this music video is going to do it, mm-hmm. right? Then it's like, no, like it takes a lot more to convince people that like it's worth their Saturday night to go out and see you or, you know, or, yeah. or that it's worth their effort and money and time to to in, invest in you in some way or to purchase your product or or whatever. It's like, it's, it's a long journey of showing people that you can do it and that you have value. There are those like 1% occurrences where it's like, 
uh, oh, I see the ad and I just clicked and I, and I did it. Or, you know, or like, oh, I heard the song once, loved it. I'm a big fan of your band now. You know, like, like there are those like, or, or even more so like those people where it's like, I had one, you know, like my business did TikTok and we had one TikTok that blew up and now we have, now we're flooded with, now we're flooded with the sales or purchases or whatever. And it's like, that's like, it's, it's easy to see those experiences and be like, oh man, yeah, if I do TikTok, then like, oh, you know, like, I'll, you know, those like, are perfect in certain situations though. Too, yeah. Right. And, and it's like, and it's not just, there's no methodology to that or there's no repeatable act that that I'm going to happen on that. Like, like sure there, there, there can be, but again, it's like cultivating a machine or a system yeah. in order to achieve that. There's no, uh, like so much of that is like luck in some sense, or like, I know like musicians who are successful in, in my world. And part of it was like, well, I, I can look at my own limited success and success that we had. And like a lot of it was luck that like we mm -hmm. knew a guy who was, who was connected to a guy or that this person was at our show sure. at this time, or that this person opened our email at the right time. Like, yeah, like so many of those returns are based on luck or fortune of timing or something. And it's important to have like the solidified system that's yes. continuing to move forward. Absolutely. So like those first couple months where like I made a lot of sales and a lot of revenue really quickly. And that was all referral word of mouth business. I could always make those connections of, okay, this person knows me through this person and they recommended me because of this. I always made that. It took me eight months. Uh, I remember specifically before someone reached out and I could not make a connection between who they were and where they came from. Um, it doesn't mean though in those eight months I didn't do anything. I still had the website up. I still had uh, marketing. I was pushing all that stuff out there. People could find me. It was easy to find me. So when they heard about me, you don't like people aren't going to call you right away. They're going to go to your website. They're going to go to Google, etc. So that was all there. But it took me eight months before someone was like, "Oh, so and so at the car dealership told me you're the guy," and I was like, "I have no idea <laughs> who they're talking about. I couldn't figure out a connection. I still to this day can't." Um, but it took me eight months before it was like, "Okay, now this is on its own. This mm -hmm. is its mm -hmm. own thing." And now I get leads every day, every week. Are they always good leads? Absolutely not. I have calls this week that I know aren't going to go anywhere for a fact. And then I know there's one and a half leads that I have right now that I'm like, I want this. This is good for me. Long-term success. We'll have the budget. Focus on those ones. But at the same time, we can't just dismiss everything and just assume that, okay, every call I'm going to get, I'm not 100% close rate. People will tell you that. Don't believe them. They're baloney. You'll mm -hmm. get the, if I talk to 10 people, I'm going to close nine of them. No, you won't. There's no way. I bet you that's statistically inaccurate. Yeah. I'll challenge everyone's numbers. It's going to be some that. obstacle. Like it's going to, it's going to be price or it's going to be, you know, oh, yeah. or it's going to be that they don't need it right now. Or yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, it's all about what you said, those systems and processes along the way. Like you can catch lightning in a bottle and have some success, but long-term success is dependent on process and systems. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a man, sometimes can be a mammoth task to do. It's huge. Or like, yeah, like, and that takes time and doesn't have that initial return. Oh, it's a nightmare. Okay. Um, when I first started with Kristen, we were texting each other every day, like 20 times a day. She's like, what's this? What's, what's that? When's this due? What's this about? It was constant. It was chaos. And then I bought a 
project management software. And it was a lot of money at the time. Maybe it still is. I don't know. Anyways, um, it took a ton of time to get set up. And we're still kind of learning stuff as we go. It took like almost a month to set up a system. And that was just me trying to figure it out. And I looked for a couple people that would come in and kind of do it for me and explain it. But it was actually like really expensive. And at the time, like it made no sense. Um, but we switch over this project management software. And we joke now, like we don't even talk to each other. Like, mm. We'll go weeks without talking. That's not true. We still talk because we're friends. But um, a lot of it, like we don't, like there's never that back and forth. Yeah. Like we've, now we've got that system down. And the joke is if it's not in the project management software, it doesn't exist. And any new person I work with, a lot of them will like kind of laugh, like, okay, whatever, I don't need this. Let's do this. Let's, and it always gets like lost. And I will convert everybody to a project management software user after a couple months because they realize it just takes the chaos out of it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. There's a lot of uh, valuable stuff, but uh, I'll have you on again. We gotta wrap this up, but I, I do have before we wrap, I gotta thank you for the friendship over the last year, but then also like especially with when you've started Thrive here. Like that's it's been super beneficial for for my work and my and my business. And from having a studio space to shoot headshots in now to having referrals for for uh clients that I picked up in this last year, I've benefited greatly from your work that you've started here and, and your investment in this, in this community. And so business Lindsay chamber of commerce, business leader of the year, 2022. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for, uh, for yeah, being, being in this community, doing your, doing your work and, uh, and fulfilling needs of the helping businesses grow around. around You're welcome. Here, so yeah. Thank you for your acquaintance. Yeah. <laughs> You're more than welcome for that. <laughs> Alrighty. The Generally Misunderstood podcast is produced by Morning Cup Productions, a video and photo production company based in Peterborough and Lindsay, Ontario. If you'd like to be on the podcast or if you'd like to talk to Morning Cup Productions about any job inquiries you might have, you can email hello at morningcupproductions.com. Thank you.